Take hold of your life, take charge of tomorrow, and step into the world of your dreams. Welcome to the Very Brave Podcast with Rachel Evans. Thank you so much for joining me again here at the Very Brave Podcast. Lots of brave things going on at the moment. I'm seeing and hearing from my immediate circle and even some discussion online and listening to other podcasts about women supporting women. And there's some some quite interesting conversation going on at the moment. Some of it uh, quite brave because there's there's a big movement for sisters to support each other. However, uh, you may have experienced this yourself and I know I have. Sisterhoods tend to stick together and while the support might be there inside that sisterhood, if you're not inside that sisterhood, you don't receive the support from those women that might otherwise be afforded to you if, uh, if everything was equal and if there was no such thing as tall poppy syndrome. So one of the brave things that I've been working on this week is a strategy to Let other women in my circle and even outside of it know that they have my support, that it's not imperative that we're identical, that we have the same beliefs, that we support the same causes, but rather fundamentally as women, we're here to support each other, to grow beyond these conditioned situations that we find ourselves in. And that support is given unconditionally. I encourage you to have a think about how you could do that as well. And in some cases, uh, use some courage to overcome fear and, you know, reach out to that woman that you can see who might be on the outside of your circle, but she's doing great things in the world. Reach out and encourage her. Let her know that you can see her. Uh, Sometimes that makes all the difference. In today's episode of the Very Brave podcast, uh, I was very privileged to speak with Catherine Switzer. Catherine was the very first woman to register and run in the Boston Marathon 50 years ago. What an amazing achievement. And Catherine actually paved the way for marathon to be an Olympic sport for women and for marathons to be included for women at all of the major marathon events on all the continents. What you'll learn from Catherine in this episode is the power of being committed to your goals and ensuring that nothing gets in your way. Not a patriarchal man who believes he can run onto the marathon track and pull you off it because he doesn't want a woman in his race. That can also become a powerful metaphor for many other areas of our lives. And also for leaving an enduring legacy, what we can be doing when we're committed to our causes and to our purpose that will actually leave the world a better place for not just uh, women, but for children as well. Enjoy this episode. I certainly did. Get brave. Let Rachel inspire you to go deeper and come out blazing. Receive a free masterclass now. Go to go.bravemedianetwork.com slash masterclass. Hello, and thank you so much for joining me today, Catherine Switzer. How are you? I'm great, Rachel. How are you today? Fantastic. Thank you. 
Now, it's very much a privilege for me to be having this chat with you today. Such an amazing history and and story of your life that I've been researching, but I'd really love to hand it over to you so that you can share with all of us a little bit about you. Well, you know, it's always dangerous to hand it over to the the, uh, (laughs) protagonist here because it could go on forever like I could. But let me just give you what I would say is way of introducing me in that 55 years ago, I was the first woman to officially run the Boston Marathon. That means putting on a bib number, registering for the race and running it. I was attacked in the race by the race director for doing that. And I became an icon for women's sports and also women's rights because of that action. But I also didn't leave it alone at that. I became a good athlete. I persisted in the equality in running and in the Boston Marathon. And this year we're celebrating 50 years now of women being allowed to run, if you can imagine that. It's an amazingly brave year for all of us. And also I went on to become a TV commentator and an author of three books and an activist for women everywhere. Mm -hmm. And also the board chair of 261 Fearless nonprofit, a global organization that empowers women through running and education. That's a long list of what I can tell straight away is bravery. How would you define bravery? So in your own words? You know, Rachel, it could be a lot of different things. Bravery is sometimes the the action you need to take in the moment of fear. Sometimes bravery is the moment of expeditiousness. It's easier to be brave and faster to be brave than to run away. <laughs> That's a great um, one. <laughs> and then there's the bravery of doing what's right and what needs to be done. Yeah. And I would say that is really the hardest one because it is often long. It takes a long time sometimes to do what's right mm-hmm. and to have the guts not only to walk up to it, but to stick with it. Mm-hmm. I think persistence is probably my strongest trait. And it's also my most annoying one. from the process of doing these interviews i've identified a couple of different types of bravery and it sounds like the one that you were just speaking about you know doing the right thing is probably moral bravery does that sound like a good descriptor of it i would say so i think exactly right doing what's right and it can be as simple as not uh, walking to the other side of the street if somebody coming towards you is Mm -hmm. uh, of a different color or race or religion or whatever, or ignoring a child that needs you. Those are, those are the moral braveries, but of course it filters down into every aspect of your life, but also sometimes making a decision, you know, that is a choice between let's say being famous and making a lot of money or sitting down and doing what's right. And really it costing you a lot of money and a lot of time Mm -hmm. and maybe a lot of recognition, but to really help the world. Hmm. or maybe just to help one person. Need a daily reminder to be brave? Sign up to 365 Days of Brave and get a daily brave message now. Go to bravemedianetwork.com. So let's go back 55 years ago to when you were registering for the race. So I presume you knew at the time that you weren't supposed to, but you did anyway. Can you talk to me about the way you were thinking then, your mindset? First of all, it was an exciting time and it wasn't that I wasn't supposed to run the Boston Marathon. There was nothing in the rule book about it, and there was nothing on the entry form about gender. My coach didn't believe a woman could even run that distance. He said, if you show me in practice, you know, kind of arrogantly, I'd be the first person to take you to the Boston Marathon, and not believing a woman could do it. So my goal began 
to be not to do something that I was um, thumbing my nose at society. It was to prove really to my coach that I could do this and therefore prove that all women could do much more than we ever believed they could do. So when I signed up for the race, yes, I signed with my initials, KV Switzer, but not because I wanted to defraud the officials. Mm. It was because arrogantly at age 13, I thought I was going to be a great journalist. And I was reading J.D. Salinger at E.E. Cummings and T.S. Eliot. And I thought, that's what I want to be. I want to be a great writer and I'll have to use my initials. (laughs) So I began (laughs) signing my name that way. But also, to tell you the truth, my dad misspelled my name on my birth certificate. And so when you when you publicize my name is Catherine Switzer, you'll notice it's a very odd spelling. Yeah. And so my dad was a wonderful, wonderful, motivating guy, but he's a very lousy speller. <laughs> so he misspelled my name. And I grew up with it always being misspelled. Mm-hmm. So at age 13, when I, I started signing with my initials, I felt a lot better about myself because they couldn't couldn't get that wrong every time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you're running in the race and the race director um, comes to try and remove you from the race. What were your thoughts there? Do you remember what you, you got? I was shocked and scared. I really was very scared. I was only 20, just turned 20. But you have to understand that all the people I trained with were men, and they were always wonderful to me. And when I showed up at Boston, the men were wonderful to me also there. And they would say things like, gosh, I wish my wife would run. I wish my girlfriend would run. Would you give me any tips for her? Go Mm -hmm. for it. We're with you all the way. We should have more women out here. I mean, male runners are, are very different from other male athletes. You know, they're, they're sensitive new age guys. Mm. And, and most of them want women to succeed. So anyway, mm. that's the way I felt. I felt, wow, I feel strong here. And I was energized. So when the attack came only at about three kilometers, you can imagine it was total surprise and out of the blue mm. because this race director was completely out of control and very, very angry. And it, it really scared me because he blindsided me. He, he grabbed me from behind and grabbed my shoulder and threw me back and tried to rip off my bib numbers and screamed at me, get the hell out of my race and give me those numbers. And so I just jumped away from him and my coach was screaming and my boyfriend, who another story, but was only running in the Boston Marathon because if a girl could do it, he could do it. But he was an ex-All-American football player, and he threw a cross a shoulder charge, cross body block into the official and sent him out of the race instead. And that's the funny part of the story, okay? But it was a terrible thing. I mean, mm. it was a young girl who was running her first big race. Mm. So there was now a moment of bravery, right? And that yeah. moment of bravery was, what am I going to do now? And you, you stood there for a moment paralyzed with fear. You realize the official now has been dumped on the side of the road. And there, was, there were two choices, um, and, and I took them both. The bravery of expeditiousness, which was to take off and run, because there's no point in lingering around. And if I decided to drop out of the race at that point, I mean, it was not expeditious. The car was back at the start. People were waiting for us at the finish. Mm-hmm. You know, it was going to screw up the whole day. And I wanted to get the fastest way was to get to the finish line. <laughs> yeah. But then the other bravery was the do what's right bravery. And another kind of bravery we didn't discuss is the no regrets bravery. Mm-hmm. Often, again, when we are faced with a moral decision, we make the wrong choice and we regret it for the rest of our lives. And I knew even at 20, if I walked off that course, having trained for the race and knew I could finish it, If I didn't finish that race, I would regret it for the rest of my life because they would say she failed to finish the race. Mm -hmm. And I knew I could do it. And the other thing that was important was to run it, finish it, and put up with the crap that I was going to have to take. 
And I knew I was going to come up with a lot of grief. And certainly I did. And in fact, it was a good thing I finished the race because half of the journalists said she failed to finish the race because they wanted so badly for me to finish, not to, to, mm-hmm. to fail. It was the expected thing that women would enter into something they had no business doing, haha, and they can't do it anyway. Well, of course they can't do it anyway if they're thwarted from every side. Mm-hmm. So I said, I have to finish the race because they expect me to fail. Now, how I realized that at 20 is mm-hmm. amazing to me. And I often call that my 261 moment. Here's a picture of my, my bib number from the race. <laughs> Here mm-hmm. is the bib number from my race. It's all yeah. raggedy. And this is where the official tore the corner off when he was trying to rip it off of me. And this number was only three digits for a long time. And it suddenly became a number meaning fearless in the face of adversity. So I call that my 261 moment because it was the moment I made a very brave decision that actually changed my life and consequently changed millions of other women's lives. And the capturing of the, of the picture of you being trying to be removed from the race has actually gone on to become one of time's most, is it 100 iconic moments? Like it was, it's really stood the test of time as a moment in time, hasn't it? Yes, it's one of time life's 100 photos mm-hmm. that changed the world. And it's because the empowerment of running for women has changed them so fundamentally. The, it's this, running is so simple and easy and cheap and anybody can do it, but yet it makes you feel like you can do anything. And when you feel like you can do anything, you go on and get a better job or leave a bad relationship or ask for a raise or finish that degree, things you never thought you could do. And that's why it's so, so very, very powerful and, and why I started a nonprofit about this very subject, which we'll come to, I'm sure, in a moment. Yeah. That was the, the point. It was mm. really quite amazing. Inspiring women to claim their courage, to stand in truth and to celebrate their power. You reap what you sow. Plan to see by signing up to a VIP day with Rachel Evans. Contact support at bravemedianetwork.com. So after this time 55 years ago and the controversy that surrounded that, you've obviously gone on to do, you know, many other uh, things and be advocate for uh, women in running and women in sport. What are some other brave standout moments that you recall? Sure. You know, there are brave moments in our jobs and in work too. It's the moment you have to stand up for yourself often in in an office or in an all-male environment, in my case. I wound up writing a proposal for the world's largest cosmetics company and taking it into them personally to say, you really should do this. And I, I call it a flyer. You know, you write a proposal and you take it and you, you know nobody is going to buy this, but you just need to get going on making something move. And so I took this a proposal to the company for creating a global series of women's races to create opportunities for women around the world and also to collect data and statistics to convince the International Olympic Committee to get the women's marathon in the Olympic Games. Now, since women were trying to be thrown out of the Boston Marathon and the longest event in the Olympic Games was, I think at the time, 800 meters. People thought I was smoking poppy to, to, to imagine a women's marathon. But I dreamed big and I took this proposal to, again, the world's largest cosmetics company. Well, my heart was thumping out of my chest. But finally, I calmed myself down by saying, listen, you know, they're not going to take it anyway but just get it out there. Just take that first step, that first Mm -hmm. brave step. 
I went in, I met with an executive, gave him the proposal, gave him my pitch and walked out and said, well, okay, I did that. Now I can take it to other companies. He called me the next morning and he said, you know what? He said, we may never do anything with women's running, but if you can think like this, we would be really interested in hiring you for our PR team. What would it take to get you to jump ship and come to our company? Well, I thought he was teasing me anyway, just giving me, you know, mm-hmm. the, the, the false buildup. So I doubled my salary. <laughs> I just said, eh, you know, whatever it was, doubled my salary. And he said, oh, I don't think that would be too much of a problem. Why don't you come in and let's talk to our PR people and our, uh, you know, human resources people. Uh, when can you come? Can you come tomorrow? <laughs> well, so I got the job for twice my salary. Wow. And that was the brave moment is saying, mm-hmm. can I do it? Can I do it after all? Mm-hmm. And I thought, you know, come on. I run the Boston Marathon with a gorilla on my back. I just wrote a 40 page proposal that knocked their socks off. You are brave enough to do this job. And it was hard, but I did it. <laughs> wow. Uh, Rachel, I think we need to tell people that sometimes bravery builds bravery. Mm. So when, when you do one brave act, when you take one step, you can almost always take the second one. Mm. Wow, definitely. You mentioned there that at the time in the Olympics, the longest distance for women was 800 metres. Now, obviously, and for as long as I can personally remember, uh, marathon has been a sport for women in the Olympics. So are, are you responsible for it being there or the movement that I, you created? I would say I am largely responsible for it. It certainly was a movement that a lot of women wanted to happen, a lot of women runners. And we did a lot of th- different things, different ways. But basically, I was the one who, with this sponsorship, went out and put on races in 27 countries and, and you know, for over a million women, 400 races. And that was my career for 10 years. And within five years, we could present to the International Olympic Committee the number of women, the performances, the medical data, and also the countries that were represented. So we exceeded every Olympic requirement. Mm. And when, that, when, when I put that in a proposal and took that into them, they really couldn't refuse it. Countries were against it, many countries, because they believed still that it was too arduous and dangerous for women. But we also had really forward-thinking doctors that showed that women actually have superior capability in endurance and stamina. And it takes a lot of bravery for people to believe something like that. They always think that women are the weaker sex. But isn't it much more brave to think that we can excel and work together as a 50-50 team? Well, Mm -hmm. let's say men have the speed and the power and the women have the endurance and stamina. I think it makes a very good team. And we can't ignore 52% of the world's population. It's too much talent not to take advantage of. The brave toil to seek a life beyond. Have you summoned the strength to move beyond the mediocre? We're all ears. We'd love to hear your story of bravery and share it with our community. Reach out to support at bravemedianetwork.com. So, Catherine, how do you believe we can help more women to make more brave moves, to even acknowledge that what they're doing or what they're thinking about doing is brave, uh, to put one brave step in front of the other? It's very simple. (laughs) The instrument for change is simply creating the opportunity. Mm. People told me with the running program, for instance, they'll never run in Thailand or the Philippines or Malaysia or Japan. I put on the event 
they came by their thousands. Mm. If you give people the opportunity, you'll find out a very interesting thing, which is that talent is everywhere. It's everywhere. And every kid should be told this. If you give them the opportunity, they will always rise to the occasion. Mm. And so I say to that people, just create the opportunity and put it in front of them. They'll, they'll make it happen. You know, this is something I have done, um, again, with, with that old bib number. I was going to tell you about this, 261, yeah. Yeah. which is it's suddenly now become 261 fearless. Mm. Because everybody was writing to me and saying that that number made them feel fearless in the face of adversity. And they were wearing it on their back or they were inking it on their arms. And when I, when I saw them tattooing themselves with 261, I realized it was very powerful. And so, you know, at 65, I didn't want to do this. I got together with my friends and I said, we've got to do something. And they said, yeah, because you're going to have it taken away from you. Somebody is going to steal that from you if you don't get on top of it. I said, guys, I am too old to start another revolution. And they said, no, 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 you don't have to start a new business. How about a nonprofit? And of course, the bravery to step into a total unknown, which was nonprofit for me, was huge. I just, I mean, many nights, no sleep, because if you think starting a business is hard, a nonprofit is <laughs> that much harder. And you know what? We're in 12 countries, five continents, 5,000 women already. And we're finding out the simplest truth, which is that we give them the opportunity to take a fearless first step and we'll hold your hand. We'll get you there. We'll follow it up with an educational program and they're taking it and running with it. Mm-hmm. It's just amazing. Wow. Just from one iconic moment of bravery 55 years ago, when you think about it, it's, it's quite astounding. It is, but everybody in the world has a moment, a 261 mm-hmm. moment or a moment that changes their lives. They, it's mostly they're too fearful to notice it. And then when they do notice it and they can't act on it, they feel guilty. You know, they, they feel that bitterness of walking away from it. You know, you feel the bitterness and shame of walking away from something unjust. So you can't water the entire world if you've only got a sprinkling can. You know, mm-hmm. I wish I'd said that. That actually is Anne Marrow Lindbergh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you can water your own patch. Mm. And that's what people need to do is just take the bravery to water your own patch. Mm. And I do agree with you that everyone has their own 261 moment. I call mine my Empire State moment because when it happened, I was on top of the Empire State Building. (laughs) So uh, I think it it is the bravery to recognise that the moment is there and it's being at a crossroads and you deciding in that moment, not just recognising that it's happening, but what is your action step and then following your action step? Absolutely right, Rachel. And I'm glad you you made that step. And I'm glad it wasn't to jump off the Empire State Building. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Catherine, it's been a, a career and a lifetime of bravery for you, but I imagine that you still have a brave move or two to come. Can you share with me what your next brave move might be? You're going to laugh and scream, (laughs) but it is to get rid of all of the stuff in my house that is ceasing to let me live the life I want to live. I am Mm. surrounded by stuff. I don't know if you can see a lot of it behind me, piles and piles of memorabilia and, and, and things that are treasured things, but thousands of objects. I'm not a hoarder. It's just been a colorful life. Mm-hmm. But I'm, I finally said, how are you going to solve this? And I talked to Syracuse University, my, my alma mater, and they actually want 
my stuff. So I'm not going to give them all the trash, but whatever they don't want is uh, going to be given away or deep six. And so I can find more clarity to write another book. I have done three, well, two and a half anyway, because I wrote one with my husband, which was a wonderful project to do. But there's one more good book left, I think, in me, at least. In the other, other, you can make a laugh over this. Everybody would love this moment, but it terrifies me, which is that my book, Marathon Woman, which was a bestseller, is now being made into a feature film. And we are in the process now of selecting the, the actor actress, what, what actor now they call them, the woman who will play <laughs> play me. And like writing a book, when you finish it, you send it out there, you go, oh, my God, I'm putting myself out mm. into the world. And with a film, it's going to be 10 times of that. So that's going to be a very big, brave step for me. But it's wow. done. I've signed the contract, so I can't get out of it now. <laughs> <laughs> That's extraordinary. I can't wait to see what that looks like on the big screen and what an amazing way to honour you as well. Thank you. We'll have a wonderful launch in Australia. I have a yes. lot of wonderful friends there and we'll have a great party. Catherine, thank you so, so much for joining me for the Very Brave podcast and for sharing your insights, I guess we'd call them, about not just some, you know, poignant moments in your life, but some really brave moments for women that have occurred uh, in the last 55 years. It's, a, as I said, right at the start, a real privilege for me to be able to speak with you today. So thank you. You're brave. You're strong. You can. Thanks for making us part of your story. Rate and review the Very Brave Podcast wherever you listen. Thank you.